I think so often we sabotage our lives because we say, when I lose this weight, I will do this. And so we're waiting our whole lives to do the things that we truly want because we're waiting to lose that weight. And what if we just started doing them now? What if we just felt worthy now? Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have out an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. The theme of this week's episode is I miss my metabolism and quick show of hands if you've ever felt personally victimized by your metabolism. I mean, I was thinking about it and I used to eat mac and cheese, bagels and all the good things and wait, I actually still do that. But now If I even look at a carb, I feel like I gain six pounds. It's just not fair. So we're going to get into it today and find out what the hell is going on. And my younger listeners, if you're thinking this doesn't apply to you, maybe listen through because this shit creeps up on you. All right. I'm one to know. So for our expert this week, I am really excited to have on Sarah Ann Stewart. She is a holistic health practitioner. And I loved having her on because she's so genuine and somebody who knows the struggle so deeply and intimately. We talk about everything from diets to fighting stress eating to speeding up your metabolism in a healthy way. We've all heard, um, you know, to diet and exercise, but we go just so much deeper in this episode. So I'm super pumped that you guys um, are here to hear it and we'll hopefully walk away with some tools to help you live a healthier and happier life. But before we get into that, we are going to jump into our roundtable this week, and I'm bringing in some familiar faces. You may know Lauren Workus and Lindsay Hubbard from Bravo TV Summer House, or more importantly, from my first ever episode of this podcast. They are back in studio, aka my apartment, and we're going to get super candid about our guiltiest late night eats, putting on love pounds, fad diets we failed at, and the effects of all that rosé over summer. So it's a fun one, guys. Get comfy, and we will be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am joined again by my two girls. You might recognize them from Bravo's Summer House. I'm here with Lauren Workus and Lindsay Hubbard. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having us back. I know. Round two, babies. Love chatting with my girls. There's <laughs> always a lot of big kid problems in our lives. So <laughs> happy to help. Yeah, I know. You guys are constantly giving me inspiration for content, so I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So today, the, the, the theme of the episode today is we're talking about I miss my metabolism. Um, I don't know about you guys. In my early 20s, I could get away with a lot of stuff, and it, it changes. It changes over time. It's so funny. My dad told me, like, growing up, I was, I could eat whatever I wanted any hour of the day, and he was like, Lauren and Ashley, like, watch out at 18, like, things are going to change. And I didn't believe him. And whoa, he was right. Like you can't, you can't do what I used to do and expect that like, I'm not going to like see it on your body. So it's so true. So true. And and speaking of um, eating some bad foods, I'm looking at both of you right now and you're both looking pretty hungover. How could you tell? <laughs> Guilty. The bags under our eyes prove it. I mean, Lauren's chugging an iced coffee right now. Yeah. I am hurting. I am hurting. And whoa, was there some late night food involved? Yes. God, the munchies like after going out and drinking are real. And last night was all things bad. I was at a 
delicatessen basically in New York and eating like mac and cheese and a burger at 1.30. I also 1.30 like, in the morning? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then, you know, you just go straight to bed. Like, wow, that's really a good thing. <laughs> and how, like, I don't understand how it works, right? Because you go to dinner. Like, I went yeah. to a full-blown dinner last night. <laughs> yeah. And yet, I'm I, then I get drunk and I'm starving by like 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, how the am four, I that the hungry? The Fortnite meal is like real. Yeah. yeah. I literally went to Dwayne Reed for crunchy Cheetos and yeah. would not leave until, because I couldn't find them. So I like had to find oh, a, wow. a helper. I was like, where are the Cheetos? <laughs> He's like, who is this drunk girl? <laughs> what time is this at? 3 a.m. Oh, wow. Yeah. Craving them Cheetos. I'm not going to lie though. Like there's nothing more satisfying in the moment than like <laughs> eating that food. And then in the morning I wake up and I'm just like full of regret. I'm like, why did I do that? Seriously. Like, do you guys have like a, a signature go-to as your late night eats? Uh, I like bagel bites. <laughs> I actually, that was where mine in college. I love pizza. Like, yeah. It has all the things that I'm looking for. Cheese, bread, like party <laughs> at the same time. Dip that in some ranch. Covers your bases. Yeah, I, that is my weakness. Or mozzarella sticks. I'm a big mozzarella oh, sticks girl. Oh my God. This place, one of my apartments a couple years ago, it was so random. It was like this little like pizzeria, but I would go in like drunk, like limping in like at the end <laughs> of the night and they knew to get my order ready, which was three mozzarella sticks. Just, Just three? three. Just three. Oh, that was so not suffice. Random. Three mozzarella sticks. They'd have it like ready for me. I'd be like, thanks, John. <laughs> I think that like honestly that like late night food, like sometimes it's just like so satisfying. Like I would love nothing more. If there was a Taco Bell by my house, that would be my go-to, but living in New York City, that doesn't exist. I know <laughs> you're looking at me with disgust, but Taco Bell was also voted like the best Mexican restaurant in like 2018. So don't hate, but I could down a couple bean and cheese burritos at like 4 a.m. and have like zero regrets until it's the morning. Also, like really easy in New York City because the diners are open That's 24 true. hours, the like delis or bodegas, like they're on every street corner. So it's just like you just so walk true. across the street, you get whatever you want, and then you go back home. I think I need to move to like a city that like doesn't have seamless or like doesn't have like Uber. Eats or something. Seamless is so bad. It's, and there's been so many times I've ordered seamless and then like passed out. <laughs> oh, you know how many times I've done that? I've woken up to the food outside of my door. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that is in fat girl status. <laughs> I mean, what do you do in LA now that you're there? Like, what, like, you don't have seamless. I don't have seamless. Yes, oh, have we, no, we actually do. We have postmates. We have postmates, which is not the same. But things close. Like it's so weird. Which like, is like maybe a blessing in disguise. I know. It is. And you're also just like not going out as much as you are in New York City. Like yeah. you can go out any night of the week here. You could go out on a Tuesday night and like, you know, yeah. get late It's night just food. as popping as like a Saturday. You're right, exactly. Yeah. LA is a little bit different. Yeah, I miss my metabolism so much. <laughs> yeah. Because I am like love food so much. And then you add on top of it, like you said, like you want to go to a dinner and then you want to eat late night food. It's like you can't have both and expect to like keep your figure. Yeah. yeah. What at what age do you think you really started seeing a difference with your metabolism? Ooh, I, for me, honestly, it's been in the last year. I'm 32 now. So like the last year, I think it's also like I have less time to work out and I know I'm making excuses right now, <laughs> but like, you know, I used, to, I used to be like a big runner, like running every day. And now I just, I'm not running as much. I'm working around the clock. Like I, then Sleep I have, is more important. Then I have dinners and like clients that, to entertain at night. And like, I don't yeah. really like, so my metabolism, I think is slowing down in the past year because of like being so busy and working out less. You are lucky. I feel like mine started really early. I gained the freshman 30 for sure. <laughs> freshman 30. Oh, <laughs> no way. Yes. You already know. I gained probably like 20. I was so thin. Like I could eat whatever I wanted. Metabolism. At like 19, my metabolism changed. My dad was so right. Ashley and I like, you know, we love like our family group around foods. We love food. And I have, you know, I think a really healthy relationship with food. But my freshman year of college, you know, not living at home and eating like home cooked meals. It was like, you know, eating at the dining commons. I gained that weight. And then drinking. I mean, my lifestyle changed, I think, a lot when the drinking you know, because drinking led to late night eating. Right. So, you know, that was like the biggest change for me. And that's really like been like, I've had to battle that all my twenties and just being more conscious all the time. It's, it's definitely like an effort and it sucks. Like I want to be that person that can just be like, yeah, I ate a whole pie and like, I, I'm not going to gain weight, but that's not me. I have to really work at like, it's so keeping true. the deficit of food intake and out. Yeah, one thousand percent. And when I was in my twenties, I felt like I was always hungry. Like I would always have to eat. Yeah. But like now I'm just like not really like 
That probably because they late night eat, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, but I wake up the next second. day and I'm just like okay, not hungry breakfast. until like two p.m. and I'm like, did I eat breakfast? No, okay. Um, yeah, so it's, which is like a sign of a slower metabolism. Like usually yeah. when your metabolism is like Going, high, you're yeah. hungry all the time. Yeah, that's also I think from work, working out a lot, right? Because I know when I was like I used to work out a lot more too, and then you are you're just hungrier, yeah, because like your body is like always just which is like it's like it it's like it's give or bad. It's like I want to work out because that's really good for you, but you're right. Then you have to be more conscious because you are hungrier. You have to make better food decisions because otherwise you're going to overeat and what was the point of working out? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's so true. I really think that like a lot changed like in my 20s and I just like you have to learn like with your body and like as a woman like hormones too that that affects like my I feel like my weight and like stress levels I definitely feel like affects my metabolism because I feel like when I'm Sometimes when I'm stressed out, it's actually better. I think my metabolism speeds up a little, like or like living in like a higher anxiety. And then when I'm really comfortable or like, you know, in a good place, then I'm like, oh my God, I'm I've been eating too much. So it definitely is so funny with the anxiety yeah, thing. Cause right. I think you can go either way. Like yeah. sometimes I stress eat. Yeah. And then other times I get really stressed out, like so stressed that I can't eat. Like I'm physically stuck, stuck like yeah. sick to my yeah. stomach. Um, I was actually just talking to a friend about this the other day because she's going through a breakup and she looks amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Like, sometimes I'm like, I need that breakup diet or yeah. sometimes it could go the other way. You're eating tubs of ice cream every night. Yeah. So it really does depend. I mean, yeah. I was looking through pictures the other day. Like when I broke up with my last boyfriend, it was, I was so stressed out. You, I mean, you guys were yeah. like, went through it with yeah. me. Yeah. But I was looking at pictures. Like there was a night that we went out shortly after that and I was like skin and bones. Like you could see my entire rib cage. Like yeah. that's not normal. Yeah. It's so true. It's like your metabolism like picks up on like when you're in those stressful like times. Sometimes I'm like, God, maybe I need that. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not good either. Like, no. no. Either extreme, extreme I is not a unhealthy. good thing. No. And also like I'm just, I get fat when I'm happy. Yeah. Like, and I'm, totally. like, yeah. When you're like in a relationship and you're comfortable and you're like going out to eat and like, you know, when you first start dating someone, you like, you barely eat on a date. I always yeah. find this so funny because like guys are always like, God, Lauren, we didn't realize you could really eat. <laughs> because like when you're first going on dates with people, like you're not really eating that much. You're like conscious. You're like talking. And then all of a sudden you're like ordering like, you know, the, the biggest thing on the menu. And they're like, damn. I've also noticed that like when, when I was in my, my twenties, um, I, just lost my train of thought. So that was <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. No, it's funny. We were just saying that like the love pounds. Um, Cause I, you guys know, I just like moved in with my boyfriend yes. and that is so true. But yeah. the thing is, is too, is like, I think when you move in with a guy for the first time, like I'm just used to like matching what the person next to me is eating. So he's like a 225 pound yeah. dude eating like the same dinner that I'm eating. Yeah. Like you're a petite, like, small, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you cannot eat what no, she's, she's eating like a 12 pound steak. Yeah. Like a <laughs> potato and I'm like eating off his plate too it's bad I don't know where it comes from yeah you have to like start to realize like I can't eat like my boyfriend yeah he is a big man and I'm not like (laughs) oh I remembered what I was gonna say now like now I distribute like when I gain weight like I distribute it very differently than I did so when true. I was in my 20s. Like, I don't know so how that true. happened. Yeah. Where are you, where's the weight going? I mean, now it goes to my ass, yeah. which is like... <laughs> I guess like, kind of good. Whereas, yeah. like, before it used to, like, go to my thighs, and now it's going to my ass. So it's, like, confusing, like, how so like true. having to deal with, like, a redistribution. And you're like, well, where is it going to go this time? That's you know? so true. Mine usually goes to my face. <laughs> and that's where the first... Well, mine usually goes to my face. Or my boobs, and then I lose that the first place. It's like, can I lose it anywhere else other than those areas? Please. Like, my stomach would be great. Like, let's lose it from there. I I definitely agree with you, though. I think that over as you age, like, as a woman, I think the weight starts to go to different places. Yeah. I guess maybe we're getting ready. Like, my hips are getting, I feel like that's where it goes for me is my hips. Mm, That is funny. I think I had a big kid problem, like, a few months back that was, like, you know, I'm going to work out yeah. and do all these things and like really try to lose weight. And, and it's your body is just like, cool, cool. We're going to take that straight from your boobs. Yep. <laughs> like nowhere else, just the boobs and your, and your, your face is going to be skinnier, which is like, I don't want to lose the fat in your face. That doesn't look good. Like, yeah. Having a little fat on your face actually makes you look healthier. Right. So it's like, can I lose it everywhere else? But yeah. There, Seriously. Ugh, it's so rude. frustrating. So rude. And guys have it. It's, you know, what's frustrating is I feel like guys metabolism does not change like ours. Like they can still, I think for the most part, guys have it way better. They can eat pretty much 
as long as they like are somewhat conscious and like work out, they can still eat. Yeah. I do find that like, like some of the guys we hang out with, like where they used to be so obsessed with their bodies and like working out every day. Like now they're like getting dad bods. Yeah. <laughs> like the dad bod in, but, but like, like a girl, it's never in to be like, you know, the mom bod. Right. That's true. Like, we should bring it. We should make that a thing. Yeah, we should. Have these, these guys with the dad bods though. Don't have any kids. I know. You can't have a dad bod and not be a dad. I'm like, what are they going to like, when they, what are they going to be when they like actually have kids? Maybe they're going to reverse backwards and like have this six pack then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, our oldest guy friend, like he started working out yeah, and like looks- his body looks so, so good. And like compared to like some of the other guys who are like getting dad bods yeah. for no reason. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like maybe their metabolism, that's not fair. Is their metabolism speeding up as they get older? Not fair, honestly. Have you guys ever tried any diets or like, because I know there's all these things out there that like I've tried some that work and then other ones that just like do not work at all. Like, oh. Do you have ones that like... Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I've done so many because <laughs> I started to gain weight when I was in my early 20s. I totally did like that cayenne pepper lemon water diet, like basically almost fainted, like <gasps> the worst. Like you can't expect to like not die if you don't eat. Like you need food. And like I learned that like these fad diets do not work. I've done that. I did like the soup diet, the cabbage soup diet. Like I've done all of these things. And you know what? It just led me to realize is that like, it can't be like feast or famine. You can't like, it's bad to like overeat and it's bad to undereat. So I really now just try to like watch my portions and, you know, take in like, if I'm going to eat a meal, I take in fiber that way it like the net carbs that I'm taking in is less. So like, I've just tried to do what's like best. And I think everything in moderation because no one's never going to like enjoy like a cannoli when they're in Italy. Like if you say you're never going to eat sugar for the rest of your life, like that's just crazy. Yeah. I just think that like you you can't like you. And I just, I don't really, I think it's a buzzkill to be around people that are like on like this major diet and they like go out to dinner and like, they're just not enjoying anything. I'm like, well, why'd you even come? (laughs) I don't want to be that person either. And like, I know that I've gone the extreme and like been that girl. So like now I just like, just be conscious. Like, don't have, you know, the dessert too. Or, you know, try yeah. to, like, drink a clear alcohol instead of having, like, sugary drinks. I just think it's all about yeah, it's, being... it's hard to diet in New York, too. Because, I mean, first of all, we do walk around a lot more than most other cities, sure. which yeah. is good. But it's hard, you know, because we're eating out a lot. Whether we're ordering seamless... Basically for every meal. For every meal. Like, you're either seamless and getting delivered, like three meals a day or you're going out to a dinner because there's a birthday party or a, you know, client, like client situation. So we don't really cook a lot. So we can't really control like, you know, whatever we're putting in our bodies because somebody else is cooking for us at a restaurant. So true. true. Like even if you order something healthy, you don't know what it was cooked in. Like even if you're ordering the salmon, like it could have been cooked in tons of butter and oil that you don't want. That's so true. I do think though, luckily, like there are a lot of good healthy food options. It's just about like making those choices. Yeah. And I think the big thing with all of us, I'm looking at all of us right now, is the alcohol. Yeah. (laughs) Because like we said, the alcohol leads to wanting to eat bad because once you just like have a couple of drinks, you're like, oh, screw it. I'll have the piece of pizza. Yeah. Whereas like if you weren't drinking, you'd probably be like, all right, I don't really need that pizza. Yeah. When you go to, when you go to the doctor's office, you know how it gives you those boxes to check? Like how many drinks a week do you have? What's your box? Is it one to three? Well, first of all, I'm going to say this right now. I lie on there. I'm too embarrassed. (laughs) Oh, really? I'm like, oh, I I lie too. <laughs> no way. If I if I check the real box, yeah, they, they would like check. Well, me the problem is the they don't have it per night. It's like per week. <laughs> it's like wait, but does like ten drinks on one night count yeah. like, for the? I th- I feel like that. I usually check the like uh, five to seven days a week box. <laughs> <laughs> so so what, every day, all day, every day is Lindsay's box. Yes. I mean, what's the longest you've gone without drinking? I think mine is three weeks. So that's a long time. I actually did one month in January, like a couple years ago in New York, like sober. And I have to say it was actually worse because speaking of metabolism, I ended up just like going out and and being like, oh, since I'm not drinking, I can eat this dessert and eat this. So I'm like, it was counterproductive because I actually (laughs) think I ended up gaining weight that month and I didn't even drink because I, you know, so I don't know. I really think that like drinking has a lot to do with it, but I just really think it's it's because of the eating involved with it. Yeah. What's the longest you've gone? Without drinking? Mm. <laughs> uh, maybe like a week. <laughs> I think I had the flu once in like 1999. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't really think, I think like I've been to like France and I've seen the French, people in France eat bread and drink wine like every day. I think it's just like our, 
our society is full of a bunch of like processed things. Yeah. And I feel like in other countries, like when I go to, when I go to Europe, it's kind of shocking that like, I usually don't gain weight when I go there and I'm indulging. I think it's just like about portion control, moderate, like not eating. Our, our portions are huge here right. compared to other places. And I think like a lot of it too, is just like a lot of processed stuff in our, in the our process. Food. And I think that's what killed me in college, right? Like you're eating like bagel bites in a microwave yeah, and like all of these things that like when you look at the, if you actually look at the nutrition label it's frightening if you can't read it you probably shouldn't eat it you know like if you can't more read, than yeah. eight vowels or something <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's gotta go yeah so I just really think that like uh, it's unfortunate but we have to be conscious of all that that's true but it sounds like I mean we're all kind of in the same boat we're all getting a little bit older our bodies change and like fuck it as long yeah. as we're you're eating semi-okay yeah. You're not blacking out <laughs> four nights a week. <laughs> Just one time. Yeah, I'll cheers to that. I'll cheers, cheers to that. that. Cheers. Our expert, Sarah Ann Stewart, is up next, and she is here to solve our big kid problem of the week. So stay tuned. You know, we've been talking about our drinking habits this episode, and I have to say, metabolism isn't the only thing that slows down after your early 20s. Your bounce back from alcohol just isn't the same, but that's why you need morning recovery. Morning recovery is the drink for when you drink. All you have to do is drink one morning recovery before you go to bed after a night of drinking to help your body detox, rehydrate, and bounce back so you can have fun at night and do more the next day. Morning Recovery's secret is DHM, a plant-derived superhero ingredient that helps speed up the breakdown of alcohol-induced toxins so you can wake up feeling refreshed and not regretting your entire life the next morning. (laughs) That's A+. Um, And if you don't love it, you get your money back. So there's really no reason not to try Morning Recovery. And they have a special deal for our listeners. So if you're interested, go to morelabs.com slash bigkid for 20% off your entire order when you use code bigkid at checkout. So if you've ever felt like crap the day after drinking, you need to try morning recovery. I honestly, I use it and swear by it. I tell all my friends, I'm telling you guys right now, get yourself a six pack, a 12 pack, or a 24-pack for 20% off. So highly recommend to do it now at morelabs.com slash bigkid and then use that bigkid code at checkout. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Let me fill you in on a little secret called Anchor. Anchor is the platform I've been using. It is so easy. It's free to use. And it has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. You can record and edit directly into the app, and they'll even distribute your podcast for you everywhere that podcasts are listened to. So Spotify, Apple, um, just pretty much anywhere you can think that you would want to distribute your podcast, they'll hook you up. Um, They even make it easy to make money from your podcast by offering up different partnership opportunities, and you can track all of that good stuff within the app. So if you've ever thought about making your own, now is the time to do it. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that's the Anchor app or anchor.fm to start your own podcast today. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problems Podcast. I am here now with Sarah Ann Stewart. She is a holistic health practitioner, and I am so happy to have you on, Sarah. This is the I Miss My Metabolism episode. (laughs) So before we even get started, can you just explain to me what the hell a holistic health practitioner is and how you even got into that job? Yeah, so I grew up in a crazy world. Both my parents were hippies. I was doing yoga as a kid and meditating and learning everything about being vegan and drinking almond milk really before all of these things became trendy. And during that time, my father developed terminal cancer and it was heartbreaking, but he decided to use food to fight back. And within seven months of going completely vegan and using alternative medicine from Germany, he was completely cured. And so this sparked a light in me that really has impacted me ever since where I really saw the impact that food could have on someone's chronic sickness. And at the same time, I was scouted to model and developed eating disorders that almost took my own life. And so there was a very controversial situation that was happening in my head where on one side, I was seeing how food was so healing. And then on the other side, I was seeing how it was so, so detrimental and recognizing that there was this mental component where 
food really, really does have an impact on our self-esteem, our self-worth, and the way that we feel about ourselves. And so at that time, I went back to school to study nutrition um, and realized that everything I was learning in nutrition wasn't healing my own eating disorders. It was actually making them much worse. And so at that time, I decided to really begin to unprocess and unlearn everything that I had been taught throughout this time working in the fashion industry. And so I hired a meditation teacher and he said to me, he said, you're going to learn all the things and all the ways that you were taught to suffer and you're going to unlearn those things. And I didn't really understand what he meant at the time, but during this process, I really dove into the subconscious patterning and programming that was happening within my own life and was able to heal my own eating disorder. And that's what led me to the world of teaching this sort of mindfulness approach to um, meditation and and really just healing your body from the inside out. And when you look at health from a holistic standpoint, you look at how all areas of your life are impacting your overall well-being. And so that's how I got into it. And many, many, many years ago from being raised with hippies to now, oh my um, gosh. it's been a journey, but um, but so happy to be doing this work. Yeah, it, it is. I've, you know, I've known you for a while now yeah. and I know your story. So it's like crazy. How long did it take you to heal, would you say, your yeah. eating disorder? Yeah. So it took several years. I think a lot of times people think that it's going to be an overnight thing because that's what we're culturally programmed to see, right? In the media, we see all over like lose 10 pounds in 10 days. And and we think that these instantaneous results are are possible. But when you're looking at reprogramming subconscious beliefs, your subconscious mind actually is overriding your subconscious behavior. So all the worry, the drama, the stress, the perfectionism, all the things that we place on ourselves and really that really impact low self-esteem are from media outlets. They're from social conditioning and society and, and our childhood, and they all impact how we interact with the world. And so it takes time. It really does. And the only thing, the only fix that I found was meditation and mindfulness and really learning to um, take a step back and really identify with what what stories I had been holding that are no longer serving me. Right. That's so nuts. And and as long as I've known you, I was recently like going, I went on your website, like before coming here and I was going through and you had those photos of you at like the beginning. Yeah. Of, it was insane. <laughs> like, cause I've heard you tell the story before and you don't really realize like yeah. how much, I think you said on there, you were fluctuating, like yeah. losing and gaining like hundreds of pounds over time. Yeah. I was going from 108 pounds to 180, like regularly That's running away so from the nuts. modeling industry, hiding, coming back. Because it was my, it was really the way I was paying my rent, right? I was paying my rent in hell. So it was one of those things where I was making a choice to stay in an industry that wasn't serving me and was really destroying my body. And when I got out, I thought from a physical side of things, when the doctors say, oh, you're better, you think, okay, I'm better. But then every time you walk by a mirror, every time you get your photo taken, every time someone posts a picture of you and you're not happy, these panic attacks started to happen. And I was like, you know, I'm not actually healed. The doctors are saying on the physical side, I'm healed, but I'm not actually healed. And so that's when I really had to dive in and say, this fluctuation of up and down is just not, not serving me anymore. Right. And that's why I I really wanted to have you on this episode, because even if you haven't experienced an eating disorder or like you've never gone through that road, I think most of us at this point, you know, like I know I just, you know, leaving my twenties, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, you kind of see that fluctuation you were mentioning, like, you know, your body has just, it just changes over yeah. time. So, you know, things that maybe worked in your early twenties don't always work at your later twenties. Yeah. And like, you know, I kind of like look back at photos sometimes and I'm like, damn, <laughs> like, how do I get back to that weight? And like, at the same time, it's like, you're, you don't have, that body is gone. Like <laughs> get over it. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Like changing over time and how you kind of cope with that? Yeah. So I I think it's, you know, there is some truth in that, right? So most women experience their highest basal metabolic rate when they're in their 20s and then it starts to decrease. And the good news is is that it's only decreasing 1% to 2% per decade. And so I think that what happens, though, is a lot of times people think that it's decreasing, so they use it as an excuse, right, oh, to, <laughs> to have this sedentary lifestyle, to really, like, sit around at night, to, you know, of course, you have more work and more stress and all of these things, but I think it's almost like this excuse to not be as active and not take care of our health. And, and so when we see this weight kind of creep up on us, we're like, oh, it's it's just part of the aging process. Mm. But studies actually show that you can have a higher metabolism at an older rate, older age. So again, you can have a higher metabolism at an older age. 
even higher than you do now if you exercise and change your diet and if you're doing different lifestyle changes to really support your process in doing that. So so I'm going to kind of call you out on your experience. I was going to say, I'm like, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> Thanks and, for coming on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And I mean, obviously, yes, levels of estrogen, estrogen levels of progesterone, again, um, human growth hormones do decrease over time. Your body does change. You have trillions of cells and they are changing so your body will definitely age over time. But I think, again, I think we all think that there's these quick fixes out there. And so the problem with that is that a quick fix that changes the way you look actually isn't increasing your lifespan. So you're basically, you know, from an ego side of things or a physical side of things, you're looking different, but it's not actually impacting the length of your life. And I think we really, as a culture, need to change that mindset because when we look at certain areas of the world, like the blue zones. And we see that like the most important aspects of these individuals who are living these long lives are their family, their connections, their community, um, constant physical activity, plant-based diet. They're not smoking. They're not drinking alcohol. All of these things really do impact the length of our life. And so do we want quality of life and a long span of life, or do we want a quick fix ego, you know, boost in our physical appearance? And those are things we have to kind of contemplate, right? Yeah. And it's a hard, you know, it's a hard choice when, you know, there's lots and lots of companies buying and, you know, selling, selling, and people are buying into this idea of quick fixes. Yeah. No, I do like that idea of switching that mentality into like longevity. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, obviously that's what we all should be doing. Um, but I do want to take a step back because I was very intrigued when you mentioned that you can have a faster metabolism when you're older than you do now, like, tell me how to do it. Let's get into it. Where would you start? <laughs> so I would definitely start by increasing your lean muscle mass. Like I think a lot of people just don't take care of that specific thing, right? They're they're working on cardio, but they're not actually lifting weight. Oh, especially I feel like women, I feel like that's like kind of like, I've heard, I've heard that repeatedly in the gym is that like people, girls don't want to lift weights because it yeah. like makes them look bulky. Yeah. So the loss of lean mass is really what's keeping your metabolism decreasing. And so if you can turn to strength training, that's one of the the greatest things that you can do. And then upping your level of protein, I think is also one of the biggest things. And then staying away from the things that you know aren't good for you. And, you know, the challenges is like, we know what's not good for us, but it's really the mental side. It's like, why are we not doing what we should be doing? Like, what excuses are we making? What are the programs? What are the stories? What have we been you know, telling ourselves and then looking at every area of our life and why different areas of our lives are impacting our relationship with food. Why are they impacting our relationship with our health and well-being? And like, what is it that's driving us to stay healthy? And when we look at the look at that specifically, like what is our inspiration to stay alive on this planet? We really will focus on our health more and more and it's really the simple things that make all the difference. Right. <laughs> when I, I mean, I like love the sound of that, but then there's, there's this piece in my brain, you know, obviously like I, I think like, I'm like, I, you know, my goal is to stay healthy and mm-hmm. do all this stuff. And then like, sometimes it's, you know, 2 PM and I like need a cookie <laughs> to get me through the day. Or it's like, I come home late night and I'm hungry and I want to yeah. eat pizza. So there's like, how do you kind mm-hmm. of combat yeah. some of those quick urges that your brain might feel yeah. with like your long-term goals? <laughs> yeah. So eating disorders and even late night eating where you're coming home and you just had a couple glasses of margaritas and you're shoving a cookie in your face or a pizza pizza. Um, these behaviors are actually driven by deep subconscious thought patterns and conditioning. And so (laughs) I don't want to throw this on you, but you're probably chasing either a feeling or avoiding something. And so at that point, I would get really clear with what is the emotion that I'm suppressing in this moment? Like, what is it that I'm avoiding? What am I, what am I feeling that I don't want to feel? Because most of the time we're using food to combat some sort of feeling that we're facing in our life. And so I always recommend that we look at like if we're coming home from work and right after work, we're running to the fast food, running to fast food. What is it? What is that emotion on the way home from work that is driving that behavior? So there's always an emotion driving the behavior that isn't serving us. And so what is that emotion? And I'm curious what it is for you. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> well, I'd probably have to separate it because, like, the emotion at the 2 a.m. after a few margaritas is different than, like, yeah. the mid-work day one. Yeah, yeah. I almost feel like, okay, so this is really bad, but when I um, when I worked in an office, I worked in this office job for, like, four years, and every single day, it was, like, clockwork. <laughs> 2 p.m. would hit, and I was like, I need a chocolate chip cookie uh-huh. <laughs> every single day. And I think I was using it as, like, Okay, this is my break. Yes, like yes. I'm gonna go and like mm-hmm. get this chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> subconsciously, I was like, "Get me the fuck yeah. out of here!" Yeah. But I mean, I could like at a certain point, I was like, "I can't keep doing this." But at two o'clock on the dot totally. every day, I was like, "I need that." And they're probably like, "I deserve this cookie, and I've worked so hard." <laughs> so well, I can't. I don't know if I can always say that, I'd be like looking at memes for six oh. hours, and then be like, "You know what? I deserve this cookie." Um, but yeah, we see this with celebrities a lot, right? Like celebrities have access to the best trainers, the best chefs, the best resources, functional medicine, integrative doctors, and yet a lot of them still have trouble losing weight. And so the biggest struggle I see that people have with with losing weight is themselves. And this is because there's emotional eating, stress eating, anxiety eating, um, all the things that we, we do to basically reward ourselves or to give us that spaciousness to basically not feel into our emotions. And so I do a, a really simple exercise with my clients where I have them, instead of tracking their food, they track their emotions throughout a couple of weeks and it's incredible to see what actual emotions are surfacing and how Ooh. to shift those versus turning to the food to avoid. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I actually, I would love, so so our audience can like understand yeah. how to do this. So if you're somebody yeah. who is interested in doing that, would you also keep track of like what you're eating with the emotion? Like, how do you go about that? Yeah, so less about calories, carbs, fats. I don't ever have my clients track those things because I think that they're very irrelevant because in the sense of losing or gaining weight, our bodies actually, if we're intuitive and trusting in what our bodies are telling us, we actually know what's best for ourselves and we don't even need to track those things. And I think they actually are more detrimental. So so yeah, throughout the day, you can just write down something very, very simple like, you know, chili soup for lunch. And then next to it, write down the physical trigger. If there's a physical trigger, like I feel tired, I feel exhausted, I feel sad, anything or, or anything with the physical and then the emotional, which is like, I'm sad, I feel lonely, I feel depressed. Um, and then if there's any subconscious triggers that you're recognizing, like maybe on a Sunday night, you're saying wow, my mom used to get very anxious or upset or my mom and dad would fight on a Sunday night. And so you can see that that pattern showing up in your own life. Whoa. Yeah, so it's kind of like, but sometimes you can, you don't know exactly what those are, but the more right. that you're in tune and the more you pay attention to it, the more you recognize where those subconscious patterns are showing up in your life. And then I have people track sleep and rest and you know when they meditate and when they take conscious breaks just to see how emotions shift, but it's profound because it really allows you to see what's happening. Right. That's in the day. So interesting. And um, when we're talking about, you know, like foods and cravings and things like that, and especially like you mentioned the celebrities and, and mm-hmm. I love that point that you do see these people who have like yeah. access to everything, everything and can't keep a, a healthy right. <laughs> right, like living going. And I kind of wanted to ask you about this because I do see like all these celebrity diets mm-hmm. that happen. And like, I don't know about you, but I've tried all kinds of diets. Like mm-hmm. I did paleo when it was hot. I did like, mm-hmm. now I'm trying to do more plant-based, but like, it's harder to find. I don't know. Do, is there one that you actually like or like, <laughs> no, really? Any of no, diets? no, absolutely no. Like, no, here's, here's why. So statistically what we're seeing is that that the numbers that from a health perspective are not getting any better. So one third of our population is obese. We're seeing over $200 billion a year in medical care costs spent on obesity. And we're seeing- Is that a real number? Yeah, that's $200 billion that's on insane. Medical, medical costs, which is insane. Like, And then also we're seeing you know millions and millions of people, over 30 million people with severe eating disorders. Um, And so the statistics aren't getting any better, but the amount of nutrition information and diets available to us is increasing, right? So like we have access to all this information on Google. There's over like 
six million, you know, click site, you know, sites that you can click on to just learn what a a diet you should be doing. And so, but what happens is, is that we see from research that dieting actually is not the answer because it increases anxiety, increases irritability, it decreases your self-esteem, your self-worth, your self-confidence. It actually makes you more exhausted because you're having to do all these different protocols. So diets just absolutely don't work. And I know that that's like, it's kind of like heartbreaking, right? Because you're yeah. like, oh, I just want to find the one that works. Right. But the but the problem is, is that every single person has a different body. And because of that, when you study the concept of bio-individuality, what works for one person isn't going to work for someone else. And so until you learn to intuitively listen to your body, there is not a protocol that's going to work specifically for you. And so what I teach is very much about experimentation and finding the gratitude and taking different parts of different protocols and trying them. And if they don't work for you, having gratitude that you've recognized what doesn't work and integrating new things that do and crowding in really good things that work. So from a psychological standpoint, we always want what we can't have. And so when you want something that you can't have from a place of deprivation, you're going to actually go and get it at some point, right? But from a crowding in standpoint, if you just start adding in green juices and smoothies and 10 minutes of exercise every day, your body's going to start feeling good and it's going to be responding to those things. So you're actually going to want more of them versus taking things out and then and then wanting them even more. So it's just tricking the mind to basically gravitate to the things that are already supporting you. And then at that point, the things that you don't want are going to going to already be you know, pushed out. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. I see the yeah. frustration. I know. I'm like, I just want it to work now. Like, I just want to, I just want it well, to Well, because that's what we've been taught our whole lives. Like, we've been taught our whole lives that we want it to work now. I was in the same space. I did every diet under the sun. I knew how to lose weight quick, but at the end of the day, it destroyed my metabolism. Mm. And then it took a very long time to basically, um, to basically get it back to a place where it's working optimally. And I think that that's also something we see is that if we didn't have all these diets and we weren't destroying our metabolism and we lived, you know, in healthy balance, we actually wouldn't be gaining weight as quickly as studies are showing. Right. It does make sense. And and I know, I like how you've mentioned, um, you know, it's not just like the food and the mm-hmm. exercise. I know a big thing that you always talk about is um, meditation right. and how that really was like the cornerstone, like what turned yeah. your shit around. And like, for me, I get it. Like I've meditated before uh-huh. and I really liked it, but like, <laughs> I can't, I can't like get into, I don't know. I, yeah. I've just, I've tried it so many times. And then like, I don't know, man. I like, I can barely brush my teeth in the morning, like let alone yeah. like get a full on meditation practice in. Like, I feel like in theory it's yeah. great, but like how the hell do you actually like put it into practice? Yeah. And I get how, when we talked about this before, you're like, there's no fucking way that sitting <laughs> and doing nothing is helping me burn calories. Like, yeah. I'm sitting and doing nothing, but like also like just <laughs> running through my to-do list and like getting more stressed out. Yeah. Like I'm like the anti-meditator. Yeah. So, and the anti-meditator is actually the person that should be doing it twice as long <laughs> because it actually is decreasing, decreasing the fight or flight and moving your body back into rest or digest. But so on the physical level, meditation actually supports many things. And we see this in research. So your heart health, your hormones, your immunity, it decreases inflammation, positively impacts gene expression. But the thing is, is like most people can't see the immediate impact. So they're not willing to keep doing it. And so I always say like, you have to give yourself at least like 21 days. You have to give yourself a period of time where you can see the long-term benefits because you're not going to see them instantaneously. But there's so many organizations like the National Institute of Health is doing tons and tons of research to back this up. And basically what it's showing is like neuroscientists are showing that meditation and mindfulness rewires parts of your brain in positive ways, specifically for weight loss. And so if you are wanting to lose weight, it indirectly supports your weight loss because it it does these powerful things in rewiring these different pathways, such as it decreases loneliness and makes you more hopeful and like we were saying earlier, if you're sad, you're probably going to reach for that cookie. It also promotes happiness and improves your mood. It decreases anxiety and depression, which are huge for emotional eating, right? Um, it helps you overcome addictions and helps you with compassion and you can sleep better. 
All of these things yeah, are going to help things, you, yeah. right? And so it has to be something where you're committed to the long-term benefits and you have to say, okay, over the long, you know, over the next couple of years, I'm going to really focus on my health and well-being and see how it really does impact my health, my productivity. Because when you're not in, when you're not stressed and when you decrease the amount of stress that's in your life, that's one of the biggest reasons people gain weight. And so like for me, there's no reason not to meditate. Right. I get like for you, it's like, it's like a hard thing to get into, but I would say just try it. Like just try. Well, when you say like, when you say the 21 days thing, I'm like, okay, like you can try anything for For 21 21 days. days, Right. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to put that out to anybody listening. Try it out. I'm going to do it too. All right. I'm with you here. Like we'll do the 21 days and just, I feel like I can stick. Cause if I, if I just like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start meditating, but without having like Mm -hmm. maybe like a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, okay, I can get out of this. Like I'll probably stop in like four days. So 21 days. I like that. I feel like that's at the end. You won't want to get out and think of how many times you're doing nothing. You can meditate anywhere. I think people think that that's when I look at memes on the internet. (laughs) That's my my precious, precious Instagram time. Okay. (laughs) Which actually on the flip side, like that Instagram time is probably so much more psychologically damaging. And like, you have to take a break because what happens is we go into, you know, we, we turn on Instagram and then we're like all the choices that we're making aren't validated. And so we feel off in our own bodies And so we lose all intuition. And that's why every day it's important to come back to ourselves and say, okay, I'm willing to listen to myself and stop listening to the outside world. And I get that it's hard and I I totally get it, but what we're currently doing isn't working. So I just encourage people. And I I know for myself, right? Like I, I struggled for 10 years with serious, serious eating disorders and nothing else worked. And so even really serious, you know, trauma work and therapy work, nothing worked. So I think we have to look at like, there are some benefits. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, I'll put up in the show notes too. I think you mentioned a couple of resources and I know you have a meditation Mm -hmm. practice on your website. So we'll put up all that info for anybody who's interested to check out. Sarah, okay, we are winding down, but I want to like steal some more tidbits from you. (laughs) All right. So for anybody who is like, no matter where you are in your current cycle, maybe you just lost a ton of weight, maybe you just gained Mm -hmm. some weight, but like, if you're not totally happy with where you are at this given moment, because I know you talked a lot about like body confidence and just like being happy where you are, like, give me some life hacks on like how to get confident, even if you're not feeling that way. Yeah, so I think I know that's a loaded question. Loaded. <laughs> so loaded. Let's increase this for another forty-five minutes. Okay, go. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things to ask yourself every moment that you're making a decision, whether it's with food or movement or going to the gym or going to that yoga class or just getting up and taking a walk, whatever it is that's mindfully or that you're recognizing that's important for your health and well-being is, am I making this choice out of self-love because I want to live a longer life or am I making it out of self-sabotage? And there's this whole idea of the body positive movement right now, which I fully support. But I think what's happening with a lot of it is that we're making it okay to drink diet soda and eat pizza and we're making it okay to really make these choices that aren't serving our highest self. And when you can just come back to that fundamental question of, is this from a place of self-love and wanting to live a long life? Or is this from a place of sabotaging my health? And how do I feel right now in my body? And what do I need right now to feel better? That's like the only question you need to ask because you'll get that answer right then. Like, you know, we know what we're doing. And then can we become conscious in that moment to make a different choice, whether that's go for a walk outside, um, call a friend, whatever it is to basically just change the direction of, of what we're choosing in that moment. And it's, we make it so much more complicated than it needs to be. And like, I just keep affirmations on my phone. I, you know, have different music that I listen to when I feel off or I have anxiety. I, I have different meditation apps. I regulate my breath whenever I feel off balance. Like there's all these little things that actually don't take much time at all. The two to three minutes that shift in everything can shift you in any moment that you're feeling. Yeah. That you're just not feeling the best. Right. And so I think it's coming back to the emotion, like, what am I suppressing? What am I trying to push aside? It's not about the food. It's not about the movement. It's not about those things. Right. 
I love that you mentioned affirmations because I'm like so into those oh, too. Amazing. Yeah, what's a good one? Let's let's let's, um, end, let's end with a good affirmation. So one of the ones I love is my worth isn't defined by my weight. Um, I define my worth and I'm worthy. And so that's just like, you're worthy of everything that you want. And I think so often we sabotage our lives because we say, when I lose this weight, I will do this. And so we're waiting our whole lives to do the things that we truly want because we're waiting to lose that weight. And what if we just started doing them now? What if we just felt worthy now and we didn't wait to book that trip or you know, go hike that mountain or whatever it is that we or find the relationship or the career. Well, that is perfect. I think that's a really good way to end this one off. Sarah, thank you so, so much. Um, if the people want to find you, know more about you, where can they find you? So you can connect with me on my website at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-A-N-A-N-E, Stewart.com. And it's Stuart with a W. So SarahAnnStuart.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for solving our big kid problem today. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for having me. Wow, guys, that is a wrap on our I Miss My Metabolism episode. How about that for an M. Night Shyamalan plot twist? Our metabolism isn't going anywhere. In fact, we could be speeding it up if we actually take care of ourselves by eating right, being active, and taking care of our emotional and mental state. Speaking of which, if you're seriously thinking about taking that 21-day meditation challenge Sarah mentioned, hit me up. I'm going to be doing it too. So feel free to connect with me on social media. We can cheer each other on. Um, I'm pretty inspired, and I feel like 21 days is, is pretty doable. So... Hit me up if you wanna if you wanna do it with me. I want to give a big, big thank you to our expert of the week, Sarah Ann Stewart. Wasn't she awesome, guys? She just has such a positive, supportive aura about her. But I love that she still calls me out on my shit. You know, we all need friends like that in our lives, am I right? Um, I'm going to link her course and our show notes and encourage you guys to check out her website. She has a lot of other events and fun offerings, so definitely check that out. Um, I'd also, of course, like to thank our roundtable this week, Lauren Workus and Lindsay Hubbard, for being super candid about their eating and drinking habits and just making us all laugh, per usual. You know, I think the three of us learned something this week, and hopefully we'll start to rethink those 2 a.m. bean and cheese burritos. I mean, God willing. Uh, I'm going to have their pages linked in our show notes so you can connect with them as well. And if you liked this episode, this is the part where I beg you to rate and subscribe. Uh, If you send this episode to even one friend or screenshot and post on your Instagram story, I would be so eternally grateful. This podcast is still super new, so your help in getting the word out is just really important and really integral to this process. So I really, really appreciate it. Um, Until next week, it's been Real Gang, and I will see you next Tuesday.